And you may be seated. Hallelujah. We are pressing on in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Sometimes when you don't feel like you just press on. Amen? Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Turn there with me. I want to start there this morning. I want to welcome the visitors. See new faces out here. Thank you so much for coming. We hope you're blessed. And we'll do everything we can do to make you feel comfortable. Amen? Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. One verse. Says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. I just like that. That just sums it all up, doesn't it? Hallelujah. Today I want to talk about how God leads and guides his children through this life. But then I want to go a step further, and I want to talk about our responsibility in that matter. How many of you know we have a responsibility? We're not robots on this earth, amen? Now, when I first started putting this message together, I was going in one direction. I had in mind one direction, and I was heading in that direction. And then as I was typing, I felt there was a shift happening. You ever had that before? You, just, you were typing something for the Lord, so you felt something, you know, you just went along, and all of a sudden you just felt a shift, like, whoa, okay, we're going in a different direction now. But you know, that's okay. The Holy Spirit was taking me in a different direction because he knows who's here today. It didn't catch him by surprise, amen? See, sometimes we just got to start moving, and then all of a sudden we j- we'll, we'll start to feel a shift. And you just go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? See, you can't, mo- you can't turn a ship that's standing still. Are you hearing me? You got to move and go with the flow. All right? So I call that a divine detour. And we simply need to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. So in this message, there are several thoughts that I put together. You'll notice uh, I, I take one school of thought, and then you'll, you'll start to notice a shift. But that's all right. I call these kind of sermons Mona Lisa's. It's just a whole bunch of nuggets put together, you know, and, and you look up close, and it's like, man, this thing's pretty ugly. But you step back, it's like, oh, yeah, that does make a picture, doesn't it? <laughs> so this is a Mona Lisa today, all right? And I just trust the Holy Spirit's going to minister to you and whatever you need from him today, whatever you need help in today, the Holy Spirit's going to meet you there. So I've entitled this message, Walking in the Light. Walking in the Light. Now according to 2 Corinthians 5-7, which we just read, we are called to walk by faith and not by sight on this earth. Amen? Now there's one problem with that. Just one. Say one problem. Our human nature and flesh can't stand it. You know what I'm talking about? Our human nature and flesh can't stand doing that. Because we want to know every little detail before we jump into something. We want all the details ahead of time. No, you just lay it flat out, God. You show me every step and and then I'll move. But as Christians, we don't always have that luxury. Amen? I mean, there may be times when the Lord gives us insight, more insight, but in a general sense, guess what? It's a walk of faith. You know, and even if the Lord gives us more details in a given situation, you still have to trust that you're hearing from Him. So you see what I'm saying? It all comes back to faith. You still got to trust him in the midst of that situation. Go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. The Lord illuminated a scripture to me this week. Powerful. Psalm 119, verse 105. This is powerful. This may give some of you clarity. This may bring a peace to some of you, where you've been struggling and struggling, this may be the very thing that you need to hear, and I trust that it is today. says this, your word, the word of God, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Say light. Light. 
Say lamp. Now, if you were walking outside at night with simply a lamp, how many of you know that that light will not go a great distance in front of you? Are you hearing me? That lamp will not admit so much light to where you see everything. Like if you're in a state park, that lamp is not going to illuminate the whole state park. It's going to illuminate just a little, just around you. Are you hearing me? Follow me on this now. The Word of God gives us enough light to move forward one step at a time. Oh, hallelujah. And this is the key to obedience. Believing, believing, believing that God's way is the best way even if you can't make sense out of it with your natural mind. Well, you know, this, uh, you're at work or something, you know, and, and this customer calls up chewing you out, and, and you know, you're just so tempted to lie to that customer. Oh, well, we put that thing on order a week ago. You haven't put it on order yet. Oh, well, yeah, it must be the, the fault of the other company. No, 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 no. Do you trust God's word enough that if you know you're going to be obedient to the word and to righteousness, that it's the best path? Are you hearing me? Because the, the word of God takes us in the path of blessing. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, I said this quite a few times in the last few weeks, says, trust in the Lord. Or trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not, say not, on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You know, there is a way that seems right unto man. But in the end, it's death. How many of you know that? The word of God says that. And listen, guidance from the Lord will come one step at a time without much detail in fact there are many examples in the bible when god simply gave one instruction and he wouldn't give another one until that first instruction was obeyed are you hearing me quite often that happens when someone's operating in the gift of prophecy they feel an unction to say a certain phrase they, they don't want to say it. They're like, God, what, what's the whole message you want to give me? But what you'll find out is you step out in faith and you start saying that phrase, all of a sudden it's like, it just starts gushing. It, it comes to you. Why? Because you were obedient. Are you hearing me? But there are many examples in the Bible where God simply gave one instruction. Examples? How about when the Lord told Peter that three men would show up at his doorstep and he was simply to go with them, nothing doubting? God, what, what am I going to go with these three people for? Just go with them. Nothing doubting. How about when God told Philip to go join himself to a man by a chariot? All right, what do I say then? Lord, give me every, if I'm supposed to do something here, if I'm supposed to witness, I want every word I'm supposed to say first. I need to be prepared, you know. No, go join yourself to that chariot and further instructions will come. How about when God told Abraham to leave his father's house and to leave his home country? In fact, God, uh, Abraham, he did not know where he was heading. But he followed the command of the Lord and he was blessed for it. And it all comes down to, do you trust the one giving the instruction? The list goes on, and how about when God told Noah to build the ark? To our natural mind, boy, that's pretty foolish, isn't it? I mean, come on now. But he did it, and he was blessed, and his, his life was spared. <laughs> how many of you know some of these instructions from God are life and death? The list goes on and on and on. And there are some in here today and listening to me on the radio and internet around the world that are only one step of obedience away 
from the greatest breakthrough in your life. The Holy Ghost revealed that to me. That you've been so hesitant, you've been fighting, you've been resisting the Holy Spirit. That one instruction, that one thing that God's requiring of you. And that one thing is the very thing that's going to blast you into the blessing of overflow. See, when God gives an instruction, a command to obey him, he's not interested in bargaining with you. He's not interested in compromising with you because he demands obedience. We are expected, come on, to walk in the light of his word. We are expected to, to walk in the light of his commands, his instructions. God is requiring something of you that is going to allow his plan to be carried out on this earth. Now, think about that. Let this sink in today in your spirit, man. What an honor it is to be tapped on the shoulder and to be called on by God himself to accomplish a mission for him. Think about that. What an honor it is to be used by him. There is no greater honor for the Christian than for God to tap you on the shoulder and want to use little old you. In me. You see, walking in the light means that you're never letting go of the lamp of God's Word. Did you know the Word of God is our flashlight? The Word of God is our flashlight. And knowledge of the Word of God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is what separates us from the world. I want to show you something. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 60. This is interesting here. The Word of God is our flashlight. Say flashlight. Lamp. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 2, says this. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Now, how many of you know that darkness is covering this earth? And deep, deep darkness, the people of this world, unbelievers. Are you hearing me? And listen, the reason the Lord will arise over his people that the glory of God will be seen upon us is because we have faith in his word and are walking in obedience to it. We're walking in the light of his word. Verse 3, I didn't read it, but it goes on to say that the Gentiles are unbelievers. will run to our light, meaning they'll want to hear the word of God. What must I do to be saved? They will be drawn to the glory of God that's upon us. How many in here want to attract the glory or the manifest presence of God in your life? You want the presence of God in your life. It will only happen if you are willing to fill yourself with the Word of God and put the Word of God into action in your life. Now listen, there are no shortcuts. There are no exceptions to that. It always comes back to the Word of God. Are you hearing me? Now listen, many times in the, in the Bible, the word darkness, the word darkness, now this is the shift that I felt the Holy Ghost take me, so here's, say shift. Shift happens, and it's happening right now. Many times in the Bible, the word darkness is used in the sense of having a lack of knowledge and disobedience to the word of God. On the other hand, the opposite is true. Light is used in the sense of having knowledge of God's word and walking in obedience to the word of God. Say darkness and light. Now turn to Ephesians 5. I want to show you something here. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5. I want to start with verses 8 through 10. Now I'm going to start talking about darkness and light. 
and some things that Ephesians has that I want to pull out here. It says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. All right, you ready to jump into this? This passage contrasts a person's life before they were a Christian and after they have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, it is saying before you were a Christian, you were in darkness or you are walking or living in spiritual darkness. How many can, you, can attest to that? When you are a sinner, you are walking in darkness. Yes. Darkness, darkness. Now, you were spiritually dead when you were an unbeliever and separated from God because of your sin, because of your unbelief in the provision that Jesus Christ has provided. Follow me here. On the other hand, now that you're a Christian... Now that you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are, it says, light in the Lord. <coughs> you have been born again. You have been made spiritually alive. And this passage tells us to walk as children of light. How? How? How are we as Christians to walk as children of light? Verse 10 gives us the answer. It says that we are to find out what is acceptable to God. Don't miss this now. How are we to walk as children of light as Christians? It says that we are to find out what is acceptable to God. And not only find out what's acceptable to Him, but to live out the will of God in our life. It goes beyond the knowledge. It goes to the action of it. Say action. action. See, you are walking in the light when you are abiding in Christ. John chapter 15 talks about abiding in Christ. And listen, an interesting note here is that Jesus is referred to as the Word in John 1.1. When you are abiding in the Word of God, guess what? You're abiding in Jesus Christ. It can't get any simpler than that. When you are living your life according to the word of God, you are walking in the light. Now, verse 10 then, if we are supposed to find out what's acceptable to God, that must mean that some things are not acceptable to God. Are you hearing me? Verse 10 reveals to us that we are responsible to do some, come on, research in the Word of God. And we are to find out what is and isn't pleasing to God. We go in the direction of what is pleasing to God, we stay away from the things that are not pleasing to Him. Are you hearing me? Look at verses 11 through 14 of Ephesians chapter 5. It says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. This passage says that we are to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That literally means not to have any connection to or not to have anything in common with the unfruitful works of darkness or sin. This, by the way, this passage is written to Christians. So that tells me then it is possible, if this passage tells us that we are to, as Christians, to walk in the light of God's Word. Guess what? It's possible, as Christians, not to walk in the light. Are you hearing me? Walking in the light, you got it, is a works thing. 
Hence the word walk, walking. That is an action word. I've been out of school for, for a while, but I still know that walking is a verb. <laughs> right? That is an action word. Walking in the light means to live a life of holiness. Brother, sister, you can cut it one way or the other. You can twist every scripture in the book, but I'll tell you right now, you do your own study, you can't get away from it. Walking in the light is a works thing. Now it's getting quiet in here. Listen, holiness is not a dirty word. It's a, come on, a clean word. It means living a clean life. A life of obedience to God that's pleasing to Him. It means to separate yourself from everything that's not pleasing to God. Well, Pastor James, you're talking about holiness. My goodness, you're getting religious on us. You're getting legalistic. You know what? If you, if you call living a holy, clean, a life of obedience legalistic, guess what? God's legalistic then. You can cut it, you can cut it this way and that way. You can't get away from all the scriptures that talk about how important our works are as Christians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses uh, 14 through chapter 7, verse 1. Listen to this. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship <coughs> has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion or fellowship or connection has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or you could say the devil. Or what part has the believer with an unbeliever? <clears throat> and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God said, listen to this, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's covenant language. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, do not touch the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, therefore means he's referring to the, passage, the verses just before that. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting becoming mature in uh, perfecting holiness in the fear of God now listen to me i want you to notice something couple different things that this also is written to christians god doesn't call an unbeliever beloved all right this is written to christians secondly I want you to know that, notice that God will receive us if we don't entangle ourselves with unclean and sinful things. And this is in the New Testament. Oh, Pastor James, you've got to give me another scripture. Okay, how about the one in Peter where it says that if you have pride in your heart as a Christian, God will resist you. He resists the proud. That's talking to believers. Is it not? Well, why would he say that to an unbeliever? Of course an unbeliever has pride in their heart. Are you hearing me? This is New Testament stuff. Walking in the light goes beyond your confession. It goes beyond your empty, hypocritical spoken words. It has everything to do with your works as a Christian. Go to 1 John chapter 1. In fact, Laura referred to it in, in praise and worship today. She was preaching my sermon. I didn't give her permission to do that. Uh, that's all right. Thank you, Holy Ghost. All right, 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Listen to this. This is the message that we heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say, oh, look, if we say that we have fellowship with him 
and walk in darkness. We lie and do not practice the truth. It's a works thing. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now listen, what's this scripture saying? It's saying this, it's impossible to have fellowship, right relationship with God, when we're entangled with the works of darkness. And, and it's, it's impossible to have fellowship with God when we're doing works of darkness and trying to pursue God at the same time. In fact, if you're trying to pursue God and you're entangled in works of darkness, guess, guess what one's going to overpower the other? The work of darkness. Because God says, if you're going to put your hands to these, works, these things in the darkness, I, I can't receive you. You gotta figure, you gotta believe something here. You gotta understand something. Uh, God is holy. He will not touch unclean things. Are you hearing me? So when we entangle ourselves, when we come on, step out of the boundary of the word of God, we're on the devil's territory. And God cannot bless sin. He won't do it. Well, that's a good sermon right there. What are the impossibilities of God? It's impossible for him to bless sin what's another impossibility it's impossible to please god without faith see there's a few impossibilities there because the word of god says it that's why now jesus said that we would know people by what their words no he said we would know them by their fruit by, we would know them by their lifestyle. We would know them by their actions. See, our walking in the light of God's word, our living a holy life is evidence of our faith in Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? That's our evidence. That's what backs up, come on, our confession is our lifestyle. I want you to notice according to verse 7, that one of the fruits of walking in the light is having fellowship or unity with one another, with other Christians. Did you notice that? Listen to me. Lone rangers need not apply in the body of Christ. We need each other. Are you hearing me? Or those who refuse to get connected to a Bible-believing church. Come on. The Word of God says in Hebrews 10.25, not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Listen to me. Local churches are not evil. Someone needs to hear this. You know what? We are simply a group of believers teaming up together, advancing the kingdom of God together. Are you hearing me? Now, if you have a problem with that, you have a faith problem in the Lord Jesus Christ because God ordained it that way. Are you hearing me? There's no way. In fact, it, uh, this hinges on our relationship with God more than we know. Our relationship with each other. You don't expect to treat other people like dirt and to have such a close and intimate walk with God. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The Word of God is very clear. Because faith works by love. Love to God and love toward others. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Now, works alone will, will, will not save you. Are you hearing me? Now, what do I mean by that? You know, faith, uh, salvation is not by works. The Bible is very clear about that. Now, but what does that mean? A lot of Christians think, think that means that they can just say a nice sinner's prayer, go live like the devil, play with Ouija boards, look at their horoscope. They're okay. But it doesn't mean that. You know what that literally means? It means for the unbeliever, without faith in Jesus Christ, they can do all the good works in the world, but that's not going to earn their way. They're not going to earn their way to heaven. Now, we as Christians who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are expected to do good works. Did you follow me? Faith, uh, salvation's not by works. See, a lot of people twist that 
And they bring that into the Christian life and say, see, I can live how I want. No, 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 no. What it means is we didn't earn enough favor with God for him to say, well, they've done this good work, that good work. Guess what? When he dies, she dies, she's going to go to heaven. I'll make an exception this time. Even though they don't believe that I sent my son Jesus Christ to die on the cross. You know what? I'll just make an exception for that individual. Are you following me? God will not do that. He won't do it. So that's what it means. That, that scripture in no way takes away from us doing good works as Christians. And living a holy life. No way. Because if it, if it didn't mean that, that would contradict. So, do you understand? That would contradict so many scriptures in the word of God. So many scriptures. Including the one I read in 2 Corinthians there. About separating yourself from the works of darkness. So. But your faith, like I said, your faith in Christ as a Christian better be backed up by good works and a holy life. Because good works, a holy life is simply, like I said, the fruit of faith for the Christian. The fruit of your faith as a Christian. The book of James goes on to say this. What do you do with this scripture? Faith without works is dead. What, I mean, you know, what do you do with that then? Well, those people who believe the other lies, they just leave that scripture out conveniently. Are you hearing me? But as Christians, according to Ephesians 5.11, it says we are to expose the unfruitful works of darkness. Say expose. And verse 13 goes on to say that all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. Listen to me. It's the lamp of God's word that exposes the darkness of sin. Exposes the darkness of deception. Exposes the darkness of the flesh. Exposes the darkness of the world system. And exposes the darkness of the devil. Are you hearing me? That is why the, the word of God says that we are to judge everything. With the filter of God's word. How, did you know that the word of God's a filter? Every, everything. Everything. Well, someone told me it's okay to, to you know, be in, in, do these seances and all that. Oh, really? Let's take a look at Deuteronomy 18. Let's run it through the filter of God's word. Are you hearing me? Everything must be judged according. Listen. The, the Word of God is the only, say only, source of spiritual truth on this earth. You will only find it here in the Word of the living God. You're not going to find it in the doctrines of the Mormons, Jehovah's Witness. It's in the Word of the living God. That is, the Word of God is the only source of truth in everything must be judged according to the word of God. Now, go to Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Are you awake this morning? All right. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. See, I, I think it would be good for us all to take just a spiritual inventory. And just see if we got to tighten our holiness belt a little bit. Your pants might be falling down. They might be, your spiritual pants might be a little baggy right now. We need to tighten them up. Are you hearing me? <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. You, you got to love my word pictures, huh? All right. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Yeah, we know that. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, first of all, verse 17 differentiates between a foolish and a wise Christian. I said a foolish Christian and a wise Christian. An unwise or foolish Christian does not understand what the will of the Lord is, the Bible says. How, do you, how can you separate them? They don't understand the will of the Lord. All right? 
And those are the Christians that get into trouble and they, they get into things, they dabble with things that are opening the door to Satan and evil spirits in their life. Are you hearing me? Now, a wise Christian understands the will of the Lord. The wise Christian has studied and done some research and, and, and studies the Word of God. And he understands the will of the Lord. Now listen, if we are told to understand what the will of, will of the Lord is, then it's possible to know and to understand the will of the Lord. God's not going to ask something of you that you're not able to do. Do you understand that? He would be unjust if that's the case. Are you hearing me? He wouldn't ask you and I to live holy if it weren't possible. Alright? So, anything God asks you to do is possible. And if he says that it's possible to know the will of the Lord, there's some things you need to do to find out the will of the Lord. Amen? Look at Romans uh, 12, 2 real quick. Romans 12, 2 is interesting, talking about the will of the Lord. How do we know the will of the Lord? It says, and do not be conformed or pressed into the mold literally, of the world system. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, a wise Christian renews his mind with the word of God. So then he or she can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You're only going to know the will of God if you start to renew your mind. Well, Pastor James, there's nothing wrong with same-sex marriage, is there? I mean, after all, it, it became legal out there in, in uh, California in that liberal state. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, uh, abortion, murder is legal. That don't make it right because the Word of God speaks against those two things right in here. Are you hearing me? How many of you know there's a higher law? There's a higher standard, higher Come on, than even the laws that are in the land. If the law of the land requires you to do something, to sin, something apart from the word of God, guess who you go with as a Christian? You better go with the word of God. Don't you hide under that, that umbrella of, well, it's legal in the land. Shame on you. You stick with the higher law, the law of the word of the living God. Are you hearing me? Your boss tells you to lie at work. You go with the higher law. Let the consequences come as they may. You go with the higher law, and God will bless you for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But listen, we're not in this alone. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to reveal, to help reveal the will of God to us. But like I said on the broadcast today, you got to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. And that tool you give him is the word of God. you got to renew your mind. Amen? Verse 16 in Ephesians chapter 5 says that we are to redeem the time that we lost by walking in darkness. How many of you feel like, Man, I wasted a lot of time when I was living in sin. Before I became a Christian, man, Lord, oh, I lost so much time. Well, the Bible says that you can redeem it. Oh, it's time for us to be radical for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to make the most of every opportunity to bless God and advance his kingdom on this earth. Now, I want to show you something here. This is interesting. Verse 15 says that we are to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise. Now, that word circumspectly, that could go right over your head real quick, couldn't it? Let's break that down a little bit for you. The word circumspectly means this, to walk cautiously, to walk sensitively, as a person would walk through thorny terrain. Now listen to me. This is interesting. It's interesting to point out in the parable of the sower in Matthew 13. Jesus said that some seeds fell when, among thorns. Now follow me here. Jesus said that thorns were symbolic of the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. 
How many of you know we are living among thorns on this earth? And they have the capability of choking out the word of God in our life. And the Bible says in Ephesians here that we are to walk circumspectly, cautiously, sensitively on this earth because of that fact. How many of you know the seeds that are planted in you right now? You fall into the cares of this world. You fall into sin. You fall into the deceitfulness of riches. How many of you know that seed in your heart can be choked like that? Oh my. And I find it interesting in Psalm 119, 105, which we read, that the word, that the word is a lamp unto our feet. Are you following this? And a light unto our paths. It's the word of God. The word of God will help us walk around and avoid the thorns in this life. Are you hearing me? We must fill ourselves with the word of God. We must give heed to the word of God if we want to live victorious on this earth. We must walk in the light of God's word. Are you hearing me? All right, wake up now. Ephesians 5. Man, tough crowd today. Uh, Ephesians 5, 18 through 21. Just two more, two more passages here and I'm done. Then we're going to dunk some people. Hallelujah. I feel like doing some dunking today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 18 through 21. It says, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation or excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, one of the reasons... We are commanded to be and to stay filled with the Holy Spirit is because when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, listen, we are emptied of us and emptied of anything that would hinder, hinder us from fulfilling the will of God for our life. Listen to me. There is a very good reason why the Word of God compares being filled with the Holy Spirit to being drunk with wine. How many of you know from your unsaved days, when you were drunk with alcohol, you would do things that you would never do when you were sober? Come on. Come on. Talk, talk with me. Come on. Can we be real right now? Huh? <laughs> you, would, you would do things that you, you just wouldn't do if you were sober and in your right mind. Now, of course, I'm not suggesting that being filled with the Holy Spirit will make you out of control and act like a stupid idiot. Come on. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you still have a free will. Amen? But what I am saying is that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will have a boldness, you will have a holy passion to obey God no matter the cost. No matter what you see in the natural. You know what? When you're filled with the Spirit, you feel like a spiritual superman. How many of you know can attest to that? You just feel like, man, you can just jump over a troop, man. I tell you. So there's a very good reason why Scripture compares those two. One is a devilish thing. The other thing's a Holy Ghost thing. Are you hear hearing me? Hallelujah. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, your fleshly nature, your fleshly desires are put down. And you have a great desire to obey the Lord. And it's a must, if we are going to walk in the light, it's a must that we maintain a spirit-filled life on this earth. My last passage, Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, if God's trying to give you instruction, 
and you're fighting him, well, Pastor James, how do I know if I'm in the spirit or if I'm in the flesh? Well, if God's telling you to do something and he's confirming it with his word uh, and you're fighting him, that's the flesh. You're not, you're not filled with the spirit. You got too much of yourself. You're filled with too much of yourself. You know what that's called? Pride. You want it your way right away now. I hear me, but the spirit-filled Christian says, God, no matter the cost, I'm going after you, and I'm going to fulfill your perfect will for my life. Psalm 37, 23 through 28 simply says this, the steps of a good man or person are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor the descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good. There's that works thing again. And dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. But the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. Listen, the steps of a good man or good person are ordered by the Lord. In other words, God gives the command. God gives the command. And we simply obey and take that step by our own free will. They're ordered. He's, he's pointing the direction. He's pointing the way. But guess what? We're not robots. We have to walk this thing out by our own free will. The Lord promises to uphold that person who lives a holy life. To uphold that person with his hand in the trials of life. How many of you need to be upholded by God? We all do. We all need the favor of God. And it's time for our faith to be put into action and we need to walk in the light of God's word. If you agree with that, say amen and let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. We need to walk in the light. That is the, the theme for today, for this week. The Lord just laid upon our heart. The theme is holiness. Holiness unto the Lord. Without holiness, the word of God says, no man shall see God. How many of you want to see the Lord in all of his glory? You want his favor? Holiness is the route. Holiness is the path. Now maybe there's someone in here today. You're, in the, you're on the outside looking in. You've never made Jesus Lord of your life. You know what? God is not mad at you. He is waiting. He has been waiting for you to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. He longs to see you come to him. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to come forward today. And I want to pray with you to make him the Lord and Savior of your life. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You're a believer, but you're way backslidden. Maybe you're one of those that I talked about. Where you thought you can kind of do whatever you want. And, and a sinner's prayer is just the answer. That's it. And you've been living like the world. In fact, if we were to follow you around for an hour, for a day, there would be no evidence that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to come forward. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, come forward. Come forward. Someone in here. If you never received the Holy Spirit baptism, it is a separate experience. The Word of God is very clear about that. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come forward. If you need prayer for healing, you need a, just someone to come in agreement with you. I want you to come forward. The rest of you just commit to the Lord. Take a spiritual inventory right now. How has your walk been going? I'm not talking about the words that come out of your mouth. I'm talking about action. I'm talking about verbs. Put those things under the blood that you've been involved with that you need to let go today.
Anybody else? Give the Lord a hand today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can cut the recording. You can cut the recording off. All right.